Hi, you're listening to the New Life at Home podcast with Tim. And this week, our guest is Dave Whitelaw. Dave and I have a connection. Dave grew up in Wagga, like me. And his mum had the unfortunate job of teaching me French at high school. Dave chats about his life growing up in Wagga and the impact of his parents' faith on his own faith. Welcome, Dave Whitelaw, to the podcast, to this special episode, Family and Faith, I'm calling it this week. How are you going, Dave? Yeah, not too bad for a Monday night. You'll be listening to this on Sunday or maybe Monday next week, but yeah, we record these in advance, of course. Uh, Dave, tell us a bit about your life growing up in Wagga Wagga, another Wagga Wagga person on the podcast. Oh, look, anybody who's, everybody who's anybody who's been in Wagga at some point. Yeah, I was born and bred in Wagga. I was in Wagga right the way through until I left home to go to uni. Um, So I grew up in Wagga. Only my immediate family was there, uh, my parents and an older sister. Wagga's a funny place. A lot of people go through it, partly because of the two military bases uh, and the university. Um, But of kids growing up in Wagga, there are two types. There are the ones who can't wait to get out of there, and there are the ones who never want to leave. Um, <laughs> Which my, one were you? My sister was the former. I was the latter. I, I left I left Wagga to go to uni. I went to Sydney Uni and was living right in the centre of the city, and I couldn't stand it. <laughs> so Canberra's actually a good halfway house. Uh, Vicky, my wife, um, couldn't stand to live in Wagga. She's, she's a Sydney girl, and I... I struggle to live in Sydney so we've ended up in Canberra which is halfway but basically the the rude things that are said about Wagga is for example the reason that so many good sportsmen come out of Wagga is there's nothing else to do <laughs> uh, so I spend a lot of time on friends properties um, yeah me and, too and me playing too. up on on the Willans Hill nature reserve playing wide games and things um, so we made our own fun yeah down at the Wagga beach did you go down there much Never went down there much. Uh, I grew up in Mount Austin, so it was quite a hike to get down the Wagga yeah. Beach. We spent more time up on, on uh, in the bush on Willans Hill. Yep. So no three o'clock wave for you, Dave? No, no. <laughs> heard all about it, but uh, never caught it. Yep. If you're ever in Wagga visiting, maybe just driving through. If you happen to go through it around three o'clock, you might catch the wave at the Wagga Beach. Dave, thinking about uh, your family, your family's Christian. Uh, you grew up in a church in Wagga. Uh, can you tell us firstly uh, what church you grew up in and a little bit about what that was like for you? Yeah, we went to Wagga Baptist Church. Um, it was an interesting church. It was obviously Baptist, but it had a lot of uh, Sydney Anglican refugees. The Anglican Church in Wagga is quite high church, mm-hmm. and in Sydney the Anglican Church is is much more evangelical. So mm-hmm. whilst it was a Baptist church... Um, it had people from, from all sorts of places. It was a family church. Uh, in my year group in Sunday school, I think there were about 10 to 15 of us um, from time to time. Uh, drew in a lot of people off, off the land. Yep. Um, and then some of us townies as well. Just a good fun church, very sociable. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it was a, a great place to grow up in. Yep. Do you have any memories of church from back then yeah I do um, one of, one of my favorite ones was uh, we had one Easter we had the Good Friday service 
and there are a lot of lot of families off off the land and uh one of the one of the town couples his his granddaughter was down and he was speaking to one of the old guys off the land the granddaughter runs up and says oh pop pop uh, easter bunny's coming on sunday and the old guy off the land not thinking about city kids said oh no it's not i shot it last week at which point the poor little girl burst into tears and had to be uh, calmed down. <laughs> poor little kid. Um, Dave, you've learnt lots from your parents, from your life growing up in a Christian home. Can you tell us in what ways your parents were a witness to you of Christian faith in the ups and downs of life? As a kid, what you know is normal. Um, so the way that my family was and, and the way that we grew up, that's, that's just what life was. Um, as I grew older and, uh, got more mature and looked back on it, um, my sister and I had a fantastic home life. Both my parents were deeply committed Christians and that reflected in, uh, just in how they lived their life. It meant that my sister and I had a fantastic upbringing and so, for example, when I was in year three, my mother became very unwell and was bedridden for months. Uh, and I didn't realise at the time just how much um, of the load my father was picking up mm. um, because he, he did it without complaining. Um, and there were changes. The magic cupboard stopped working. You know, the one you used to take your clothes out of. Uh, they were clean and ironed and, and you'd wear them and throw them in, <laughs> in the wash basket and the magic cupboard would have them clean and ironed again the next week. That sort of thing stopped working. Mm. Um, but there was far less impact on my sister and I than there, than there could have been just, just because Dad took the role of, of leadership as, as um, self-sacrificial leadership to heart mm. uh, and really picked up the load so that um, we didn't notice the difference. Mm. Are there key memories for you uh, during those formational years? Um, things that your parents taught you, significant moments for you in growing in your faith? Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, we didn't have, for example, things like family Bible studies. Um, my mm. parents really taught us uh, through example uh, and just the way that they lived their lives. I'm one of those Christians who I, I can't put my finger on exactly when I became a Christian. Uh, yep. I know uh, my mother says that I, I declared my faith young enough that in the, in the Baptist church, they believe in adult baptism. And I was too young to be baptized um, when I declared that I was a Christian. Mm. I think, I think it was early, early infant school. So, or early primary, so year one, year two sort of time. Yep. Uh, so there, there are no, there are no great peaks. As I sort of said, mm. it was learning through osmosis and being mm. surrounded in that environment. And then, as I got older and got more mature, looking back on it and realizing just how formational um, and fantastic that was. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing how our parents uh, shape us in in all kinds of ways. And at the time, we have no idea. That, that example and uh, the way that they're living their lives and their priorities and those kind of things, we, we don't 
really grasp at that time that it's rubbing off on us, but mm. it's, it's later, like you said, as you look back. And, you know, you, you realise things like, uh, I, now that I think back on it, I was, I was a terror and an absolute torment to my poor mother. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would like to do things like when she was reading a book, pinch the book. Uh, it's only now that my five-year-old son uh, delights in doing exactly the same thing and I have to hold on to my patience with both hands that I realise just how patient uh, particularly my mother was. Uh, and she always played along and, and uh, never told me off. And I try to emulate that to a greater or lesser extent with um, my troublemaker five-year-old. <laughs> That's a good segue, Dave. How, how has your upbringing and your experience growing up uh, in a Christian family shaped the way that you parent? I want to be as good a father as my father was. As I said, I only realised later in life, but he was a fantastic father. Um, when we talk about God being our father, I have a deep understanding of that because of the man that my father um, is. Mm. And so mm. that's what I strive to be. <laughs> I don't always succeed. <laughs> I don't have his patience. Um, but I really want... I want to raise my kids... Uh, in a way that doesn't bring attention to myself, um, mm. that I serve them um, and that I serve Vicky, my wife, mm. like my father served served our family as I was growing up. Are there particular other particular things that your parents did that, that you want to do? or um, Particularly my dad worked really hard on, on being very deliberate and conscious of explaining to me uh, how things worked. So, so I remember having a conversation with him. We were going, Dad, Dad did some lay preaching from time to time. Yep. And he'd often go out and preach in the, in the churches in the small outlying towns because there are, there are lots of small towns around Wagga. Mm -hmm. And so if their minister was on holiday or, or they were between ministers or something, Dad would often go out and, and do some lay preaching. Dad delighted in doing children's children's talks. Mm. He loved doing the children's talks. And at one point he had me for one of his children's talks hiding behind the lectern and giving a baby's cry at the appropriate time. Okay, so he was involving you in the I, I was I was part of I was part of the setup. And we were <laughs> driving out I don't remember where, but to one of the outlying <laughs> Grong towns. Grong or Matong or... Yes, yeah, somewhere like that. And Dad was talking to me and he, and he was saying to me the advantages of marrying a Christian woman. Because he was saying that uh, he, he did this and he did this service in this lay preaching. But it was so much easier when mum being Christian, she understood why he was doing it. And so mm. being left behind with the kids, she understood and valued it. Yeah. And it was that sort of approach where he wasn't saying, you know, don't be shackled to an unbeliever, but mm. he was laying out the, the practical and, and logical reason for the sorts of decisions and guidance that you're given. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so it was that sort of, it was that sort of thing and, and that sort of way that he laid it out. Mm. Um that had it meant that it was never a group of a bunch of rules 
Yep. It was, here's how it makes sense and why it makes sense to do these things as a Christian mm. uh, and how it makes not your life easier, but the way that it, it flows and fits together. Mm. Um, and so it was that sort of demonstrational learning that he did. Yeah. Uh, always sort of talking to me as um, a fellow Christian and as a thinking person mm. and explaining the reasoning behind the guidance that we're given and the rules that are set down in the Bible. Mm. It, it sounds like he was really measured in, in how he did that and not didn't parent by or instruct you or tell you to live a certain way using fear as a kind of tactical motivation? No, not at all. I mean, one of, I don't remember how old I was. Um, unlike me, I, I, I can be too quick to anger, but my father was always very slow to anger. And I don't even remember what I did. I think I was just being stubborn. But I remember one time him, him just saying, you are making me so angry. <laughs> and he he didn't say anything more than that, but I was so taken aback. Oh, Dad can get angry? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, gee, I, I really have gone too far now. And so he was yeah, just wow. such such a measured person um, in his response and in his thinking. So as you've grown as a Christian, how's the gospel helped you to understand family and the role of family in God's purposes? I think there are a number of elements there. Um, the family is a unit. We grew up with Christian parents and we were given such role models. I, as I've said, don't remember when I became a Christian. Uh, my sister became a Christian when she was at university. Uh, but it was almost a natural progression because we'd seen how a Christian family could work. Mm. Also, for example, the way that dad stepped in and took the load when mum was unwell. The fact that being built around ser uh, Christian service, the family, the family unit was stronger when there was difficulty rather than splitting apart. Mm. And so because of that guidance and leadership and, and honouring of, of promises made, everyone got through a rough patch stronger rather than being weaker um, because of the difficulties. Mm. Um, just the love and acceptance. We, both my sister and I always knew that um, if something went wrong, we could go back to a safe haven that was, that was our home. Mm. Uh, and as I've mentioned earlier, it also meant that when the Bible talks about God being a father, Abba, Daddy, Mm. Um, it breaks my heart that there are people in the world who haven't had that good example of what a loving father is like, mm. where I certainly did. Uh, and so it means that I have a deep-seated understanding of what a good father wants to do for their children. Yeah, well, what you're saying there just sounds to me like that that self-sacrificial love that was right at the centre of uh, your family life growing up, that's cross-shaped. You know, when, when your family went through those hard times and your dad modelled that love and 
that sacrificial service. You could be a fly on the wall and get a glimpse of the gospel and it's outworking. Mm. And he was just doing it. There was no, there was no show about it. There was no, oh, I'm being so self-sacrificing. Uh, he just did it. Dave, you've, you've talked about your, your mum and how she, you know, the fact that she was a Christian, understood the gospel, valued preaching of the gospel, you know, was happy to look after kids while your dad went out and did some lay preaching every now and then and that kind of thing. Are there um, other things about your mum that you, you'd like to highlight or um, that you appreciate? Mum just quietly lives a Christian life. Um, hmm. We weren't defined by her realness, but just um, her reliance on Christ that uh, this too would pass and if not, he would give her the strength. Mm. Her patience with us kids, her patience with my sister as uh, my sister led an active later teen life, which I think probably gave mum premature grey hairs. (laughs) And Um, teaching me French (laughs) at high school. (laughs) <laughs> um, but just just the quiet forbearance uh, and and the joy that mum had uh, in life and showed us the joy in life. Uh, mm. you know, people outside often look at Christians as as staid and joyless, and mm. and we had the very opposite. We just had um, so much joy and happiness in the family. Um, it's so amazing to hear, Dave about your loving parents and that that joyful example of Christian living even in the midst of hard times and hardship. Uh, maybe a final question. What are your hopes and what would you love for your kids uh, growing up in your family, God willing, in the faith and at church? Obviously, the first, the first want is for them never to be separated from God's love. Um, but I would love to have them to have not the same experience that I had because every family is different and, and everyone's experiences are different. But I, I would love and I pray that when my kids get to my age, God willing, that they can look, look back and see the same godliness in my, in me that I can see in my father. Mm. Um, I'm not convinced that they will, uh, but that's that's what I really hope for our family, uh, mm. that the benefits that I have are something that I can pass on to them. Mm. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Dave, to chat about your family and the faith that they handed down to you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of New Life at Home with Dave Whitelaw chatting about family and faith. On next week's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Ian Appleby. You might remember a couple of weeks ago I chatted with Sue Appleby on the topic of art. Next week I'm going to be chatting with her husband Ian on the topic of music. Music.